Welcome to Women and Sustainability, the podcast where we speak with some of the world's foremost female professionals from across the sustainability field. With me, your host, Emily Fripp. In this episode, I'm talking to Bibi Laluz Gonzalez. She's been listed in the Forbes 100 Powerful Women in Central America and is part of numerous youth organisations aiming to create change and deliver impact in environment and social contexts. She is the founder of the Eat Better Waik, an organisation in Guatemala devoted to reducing malnutrition, which we'll talk about in more detail in this episode. Bibi brings a dynamic energy towards equity and transparent collaboration while she speaks, writes and takes creative and community action. And I can't wait for you all to meet her. Welcome to our podcast. And Bibi, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with me today to talk about women and sustainability. Um, it's 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 great. You're joining from from the sort of Central American region, and you're there, and it's hot over there. It's hot over here, um, and we're here to talk about the sort of topics of uh, of climate change, of sustainability, of environment, and food. And I know that that your real passion here is is the food aspect and food security. And I we think more and more about where our food comes from and and how things come together and the relationships between these and the important role of women in this whole space. So I'm thrilled that you're joining joining me today and, and that we're getting an opportunity to have a conversation. Um, how, how are you? Uh, is, is everything good with you over in, in Guatemala before we sort of begin the, the sort of more detailed chat? But is it all good? Thank you, Emily. Thank you for, for having me and, and for, the, for asking me who, how I am and how everything here is. Uh, it's a bit hectic, you know, after a pause, um, I think uh, we all need some a moment of peace and quiet from everything that, that is happening, either in our work or how the world is going. Um, sometimes we, we, we kind of feel a bit hopeless or just say it's too overwhelming, but then getting back on track and and, for example, speaking with you, is just refocusing and saying, "All right, well, let's do. Let's keep on doing our bit together." I couldn't agree more, and and it's a definitely a very a, a crazy world out there at the moment, um, with with many many different political um, climate change scary things going on. So I agree with you. So that refocus, and you know, when I, I look at sort of how we met, and and we met working together on the Tropical Forest Alliance, looking at the sort of uh, a global dialogue platform trying to come up with solutions for driving forward the conversation leading into the COP26. But I think, you know, it's fair to say that when I look back at what you've done and where you've come from, you, you don't really sit still for long. And uh, you're, you're a busy lady. Um, and uh, I read that you've been recognised as one of the three heroes of the pandemic in Guatemala and, and consistently seen and, and listed as a trailblazing woman and inspirational person leading the gender e equity movement um, and, and the being listed in the Forbes 100 powerful women in Central America. I mean, that's amazing. And it, so it's a real honour to have some time to, um, to talk to you today. And I hope, I hope that's nice and, and embarrassing for you. I like to make sure I give my guests a, a really big uh, welcome and, and really appreciate the background where you're coming from. But, you know, you've, you've 
you've worked and, and lived in the UK, studying in the UK, um, with your doing a, a master's and then the United Nations in Paraguay and Crikey, seeing, seeing that sort of bureaucratic organisation work, I'm sure, is a, is a real eye-opener. Um, and then more more recently, but more importantly, really, is, is you know, you're the founder of the, of the Eat Better YE um, group, so an organisation in Guatemala devoted to reducing malnutrition through education and inclusiveness, inclusive and creative behaviour in education, economics, and, and sort of really that, that myriad of bringing together the importance of food and personal health and well-being at the heart of all of this. And one of the things we sort of all focus on is, you know, the, the uh, focusing on GDP and growth and money and shareholders and we've got to do all of this and if we do all of that and we do it well then by default we're all going to be better lives and I think we probably see much more firsthand that really understanding how people can work together how people can come together the importance of good nutrition of good food food for everybody is really the heart of where all this starts and you get that right and the rest can follow and it's, I think there are substantial lessons we can learn from communities, projects like yourselves, the work that's going on in, across the world, that maybe those in the global west or the north and that kind of horrible sort of thing that we have to try and overcome, you know, it is sort of, it's lost. It's lost a lot of that meaning of what happens at home and, and, and how important that sort of food and nutrition is. I mean, you know, in short, you're a hugely inspiring figure to many and, 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 you know, where you've come from and where you're going. So, yeah, I mean, how, did, how on earth did you kind of move through this sort of space of doing a political economy type, type degree um, and, and international politics, UN? I don't know if that put you off or encouraged you to continue to move forward to sort of being very on the ground, getting the... Getting the, the you know, action where it's needed. How, how did that whole journey happen? Oh, well, well, thank you again. I mean, I'm so wonderful words. Sometimes I just say I do what I do and a, because that's, that's what I do. Right. And <laughs> we just try to make the best of it and uh, we can't do it by ourselves. So definitely getting to all those places has not been by my own. So as you mentioned, where we met with the Tropical Forest Alliance and the spaces that we've been part of and I've been fortunate enough to be invited to be with all of you inspiring, uh, incredible beings and, and, and professionals in your in your areas. Uh, that has gotten me to uh, learn, understand and then keep on replicating it and then bringing the voices of the people of the ground here in Guate. With, with you guys and trying to make uh, that difference. Um, uh, for, for your question, when I was uh, doing my undergrad in, in Uruguay, um, I, I, was, I started interning for the UN there at the resident coordinator's office. And for me, that was kind of like the dream. I, I made it. <laughs> I was studying international relations back then. And... Um, and I finished it a, uh, when, when, when I finished my, my, my dissertation and then moved to, to the UK. So that, that, that time uh, ended uh, of working at, uh, in, in the UN in, in Uruguay. 
And it took me, I think, 10 years to reapply to different agencies in the UN, especially the World Food Program, um, that uh, will give me the opportunity to, to deep dive into the problems, the real food problems and um, working with, with government and so tricky or you know, like walking on eggs a bit, um, knowing the, the situation. And, um, and I, we keep on collaborating now that I'm not working with WFP. We keep on collaborating with different agencies, uh, with different um, uh, offices around the world and different branches of WFP. So, so I love that collaboration. And uh, well, when I, was, when I was little, I started having um, health issues with breathing, as, uh, like asthma, uh, digestive issues, cognitive issues. Maybe it was related with pollution when, I, when we moved in the city when I was two years old. We were living outside the city, all forest, beautiful, fresh air. And, and so I had to eat super healthy as the way of not getting worse. Uh, with 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 the breathing um, and then skin conditions as well so I wasn't great at science at all in school no no I think my, my best topics were history English and sports <laughs> and and I moved uh, a lot with with my family we moved around the world um, I lived in eight or nine countries, if, if we count some, some, some months that I've been in the U.S. But that really got me uh, to see other food cultures and how to integrate them. So when I came back to Guate, I was super bullied um, when, when I was finishing school after living in, in different places. Of, I was bullied of the things that I was choosing to eat. Not only were they healthy, but they were kind of like a fusion of... Of, of everything and and in the masters in the UK that was on international political economy we had a development course and that's where I connected we were reading about the Martiasen and access to food and I was like wow so I can connect my personal issues not being a nutritionist but through the let's say the, yeah like the uh, the public policy uh, or, or the policies around food with development and that's how I got uh, into this and coming back to Guate, I didn't understand the very technical terms that they were referring to different types of undernourishment that I got involved in it because I was like, I just studied this and I understand it in English, but then you talk to me in these very technical terms in Spanish, I don't understand anything. Um, <laughs> and, and I just ge uh, generalize it. If I don't, don't understand these terms, <laughs> uh, I mean, most of the people who are not involved in this, perhaps they don't either. And that's the truth. So I work, that's why I work with the, 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 the name malnutrition that englobes so many aspects of food related issues and hopefully get people involved within their own interest, interest with what we do. I, it, it is a, a, such an important, isn't it? Because people don't necessarily link what they put in their bodies to what's growing on around them or the pollution or the health and the well-being. And I think, you know, although we see things through the global pandemic, through the crisis with the Ukraine war, with climate change, it's still not quite computing in people's brains that that, that actually relates to what you eat. 
and what you put in your body and therefore how well you are and how the economy thrives. So there's a there's a great interest in there. And I, I can only hope that this is the beginning of, of a greater awareness for, for many things. So, you know, women not wanting to be stereotypical here, but but women in, in food feels like a, a, a nutrition, feels like a very normal, natural place conversation to be and to be having. Whenever, when you work with policymakers or you work with food manufacturers or global corporates with supply chain issues supplying the food, it tends to still feel very much like a sort of slightly more male-dominated space in some of those conversations. Is that something that you've seen over the years or have you seen it changing? And 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 if so, how, how have you tried to sort of bring those conversations together, I guess, a bit, bringing the voice of those doing the doing and, and sort of making sure that gender representation happens? Super good point, super good point. I've seen it change that now there are women managing uh, certain food companies here in Central America. There, um, and, and also around the world that I, that I met uh, a, f- a few times. Um, I see that happening, um, which I, and I, when, I, when I speak to them or when they, they give speeches, and I was just one uh, last week, there's this emotional connection with the work that they're trying to do in the food area or the partnerships that they're trying to make, even if they can't make it in their own huge massive food or beverage industry um, or, or business. They are partnering with other entities that might compensate uh, to that uh, better nutrition aspect. Um, those, those are the women who are leading uh, the women who are leading that. And then you make a very good point about when, when you were mentioning that, for example, um, <laughs> um, men usually, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be stereotypical, but I think, yes, women, we have that maternal and caring uh, inner, it's in mm. us. A, and, and, and we care about our, our family, perhaps more. <laughs> that we, we want to be there, n- n- making sure we are a, all right. It's a different way of, of sort of, demonstrating isn't it I think although we're moving forward we still sort of you know the nurture the caring and and the roles that that naturally play out and yeah you know uh, yes we're not stereotypical here I mean we recognize that that Mm. things are evolving but you know when we look back at those conversations and and how they move forward I mean how have you seen sort of the empowerment of women in the conversations you're, you're having have you seen that change over the last few years Totally. I mean, yes, look at us. <laughs> um, but to answer this point and also your, your last one, um, a lot of um, the first food of life comes from women, which is breastfeeding. And I think that is the, it's, it's a symbol of, of the, I mean, babies when they're born, they need their mother. Um, and uh, the woman who who's there, uh, and food and breastfeeding isn't getting as in enough attention as other topics in food or nutrition. When 
um, this is just in, fr in front of us, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> or, or below us, right? <laughs> uh, that we can just uh, um, have and see. Um, so maybe that's, that's the caring part. And with women, um, the gender, the World Economic Forum gender gap report was just released of, of this year. And I always follow what's happening around the world. Uh, I mean, the, the ranking, mm -hmm. I don't know how, but Guatemala got out of being the last country in Latin America to close the gender gap. Now it's um, second to last. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what, what, what happened uh, that got us a, a move up a, a bit up. Mm. But I think um, there are these um, there is uh, this this movement that uh, that is happening that is taking men out of pictures like official pictures and the women who are in the room and it, there it isn't much uh, or women leading countries um, and. Perhaps I'm being off topic, but I just, since I, I'm on the point, this is something that, that I was thinking about yesterday that, that I should mention. We are women, yes, and we support women or, or that women should support women. But sometimes that's not entirely true. Um, for example, women who want to lead or want to be in places of power, sometimes their, their ethics and their values, they're just disastrous or they come from very shady places and um, so we also need to be uh, selective and being uh, seeing some affinity with women who are who are doing this because it's not because that they're women that they're going to do uh, fantastic yeah. things right but aha uh -huh. um, so we also need to be critical yeah of of, all right, all right, good. The, the women, they're, they're in more spaces. But all right, let's, let's analyze what's happening. Uh -huh. and, and I think there's two things that you can sort of see happening. And, and one is that you you see, um, in a way, you know, women are, are sort of in one, one way, they're sort of trying to fit into a man's world in some of the higher level places, which perhaps takes a, takes a different route or you have to act in a different way. Or sometimes you see sort of, you know, we're a number. So we talked about being on a panel or on a task force and oh, I must have the right number of women or the right number of men. And you turned and it's and I'm sure you'd feel the same. I feel very strongly that if I'm asked to be on a panel or in a task force, I want to be in it for my own right rather than being a woman. So yeah, and and I you sort of like you say, it it's how do we empower women to be in the right way and and to get those global platforms and and positions but not do it by becoming a, a sort of a man or or deciding that that they have to be quite super aggressive to get there it's it's when that's not really the sort of balance that we're looking for is it and the way we work and i think it's it's the whole package and and having that that sort of thing i think it's do we change to fit into a into a predisposed description of what it is to be a senior person, or should the whole system be more adaptive and reflective of society as a whole? And I think 
to me, that's that's some of the questioning we need to make sure happens. So like you say, we're not sort of putting women forward into positions when perhaps that's not necessarily the right thing to do or it's done in a way that perhaps won't mm-hmm. sort of give the right result. Um, yeah, and and it's it's a real interesting space to see how things evolve and change over, over sort of years. Um, and and you're seeing that in the work you're doing with your with your your sort of on the ground work um, with your hmm if if hmm. for example we do we did a TEDx event uh, last year it was called TEDx Eat Better okay. Wake that it was focused on on COP twenty six as well it was just on climate and how it relates to food and we had speakers from like migration photography fashion, breastfeeding, um, bees, uh, pollution, a medical doctor. Oh, and oh, indigenous women's voice uh, singing and best indigenous practices as well with climate. And my prerequisite was we can't have more men than women. We need to have gender equality. Uh, or a, um, those who identify as women and those who identify as men, gender uh, parity, uh, the same. Um, not more women, not more men, just the same. And, mm. and, and we did so. And when we were trying to uh, find the speakers, suddenly we had more men than women confirmed. So it's like, all right, so do we give before confirming with the others, with the other two guys? So... If we have another guy, we need to have a another another woman, and that's and that's how we are. because we first got secured our, our first three uh, women, yeah. um, and then the guys, and then. But my my point wasn't that um, a, it was a workload that I was capable of managing with few speakers and then with more speakers to right. have to have that parity so it was my work my workload and I was like all right let's go ahead because they're all incredibly amazing in what they do <laughs> I want to have these topics so it just worked out perfectly it worked out perfectly and when I'm asked uh, to be in in a panel um you know, I, I'm not sure if, if they, they asked me to be because I'm a woman or just because of my authentic self. Because <laughs> I think I'm really fun to be with. <laughs> you, you don't know, do you? You don't know and you just have to hope and, and actually go with, well, I'm, I'm there because I, I'm who I am and I've got the experience to be there and, and it's great. Exactly. I'm really conscious of sort of time and I know we mm. could sit in that for, for hours, but I think... When I'm thinking about, you know, being being described as you are as a trailblazer and an inspiration and, and in the Forbes 100 Powerful Women in Central America, if you, do you have any words of wisdom for, uh, for, for sort of women and, and girls and, and, and men and everybody coming along, you know, moving up in this, this direction of where we're going? Do you, do you have words of wisdom or, or, or hope maybe? A hope for the future. Um, for words of wisdom uh, in my career and in my life, both men and women, or those who I don't identify as such, have helped me along the way, have supported me, 
um, they've participated. Um, please keep parents, your mother and your dad are going to be, like, for me, they were essential. They have that support. Um, uh, when you're when you're taking a, a dive uh, uh, in entrepreneurship, at first it was like get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a job, and uh, you know it came and went, came and went. Um, have their have those pillars, um, but um, it, in a way, yes, find your own your own security in, in yourself. Be be sure of yourself. Be confident. Uh, of what you know, what you aspire to do. And um, I think if we put your, your, our minds into it, but also have a, a support system a, that's there for you, for example, different communities that I'm part of, that was, that was fantastic because we, we all look forward in changing things. And with people who, who, who might think um, as differently as you, they're going to be the, the ones who are, gonna, it's like a trampoline and then be in spaces as such. And, and I'm thankful uh, for, for, for everyone. And yes, women, men have, have supported me in, in, in growing um, and, and in Waik as well. So, but we do have to recognize that, um, yes, there, there was a, there was a saying that if we, if we are privileged, we should uh, work towards a purpose. It was something like like that. I, um, a, and in the spaces that I'm fortunate enough to be in, um, how do I replicate this back and 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 keep on being um, a responsible leader, genuine and and authentic and and yourself. And perhaps not seek, oh, be be like a, um, uh, I don't want to say a gold digger, but just seeing, oh, in this place I can take this, in this place I can take the other. No, it's just just be, uh, for example, grateful that that you're there and make those connections. And there's so much serendipity going around, um, that that that's gonna happen. Um, it's. Um, perhaps I mean, I mean I don't know more what to say with time no, but I hope that's good enough <laughs> I, it's it's fantastic and, and, and wise words, words to sort of be yourself and be true to yourself um, but with hope and support and move forward in a, a positive way go on and the last word to you and, and you know what uh, um, another thing Emily is when I started Waik 2015 I uh, well, getting funding was like, all right, let's some savings. The, my parents did support me with with the legal and <laughs> legal uh, fees. But then I needed to crowdfund. I needed to crowdfund uh, and I did get that support. I sent thousands of emails to get official sponsorship. Nobody knew me back then. Um, and we did get that. But it just takes it takes effort. It takes time and it takes dedication. And then uh, years later, last year was the second time that I cried funding uh, to get into global giving um, with, with Waik. And, and it's there that we, we managed to, to meet every expectation. Um, and I'm really thankful for all who supported. But I was afraid to put myself out there again as if I, I hadn't worked enough to, um, 
secure my sustainability, the financial stability of Waik that I had to ask other people to support. And I was afraid uh, that, I, that I failed in a way. But um, it's just the things that we need to do as a nonprofit. It's part of what the things that, that, that are there. And the response that I got from the people that knew how I started and that, that got, me, got, me, got to know me along the way, they supported as well because they believe in what we do. Um, and, and that was just very moving. And, and I, feel, I feel super grateful and happy that I, that I didn't put myself as a failure for asking money, but it was one of the paths, one of the paths, to get to what Waik is seeking to do in, in, in the village that we're doing. So um, we, we, you're going to be surprised in the response that you're going to get. And it's, it's just very gratifying. Brilliant. And thank you so much for such wise words at, at the end there. And, and, and thank you for joining us today. A huge thank you to Bibi and thank you to all of you who've been listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and we hope you can join us soon for another episode. Episodes come out on the 8th of every month.